pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have pumped on in. The Giants have won the pennant. All right. What'd you think about that yeah. new video? I love it. It's sexy, man. <laughs> new intro video. Thank it's, you to yeah. Zach Hernandez for putting that together for us. He is the host of the Red and Gold Standard podcast, and you can hear the audio version of that podcast in the BSPN uh, feed. So yeah, thanks, Zach. Nice. All right. So this is not, uh, this, this wasn't our favorite, like we weren't excited as, as usual, so, you know, to do this <laughs> show. And it's not because we don't like doing the show. We actually love doing this show. Oh, love it. Yeah. It was because of the baseball. Yes. The baseball was a little depressing at, at, at points this weekend. And, and look, the, the record is not, the worst, right? When we when we last recorded, they had already played that night. They they played Monday night, and then they won Monday, Tuesday. Then they lost Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, lost Sunday, won. So th- you know, three and four week, we've seen worse. But it was just the way that they lost. I think that was so frustrating. And so what I wanted to do is just to kind of go through each of the games and within within doing that just kind of talk about some of the things that you know maybe were the cause uh, of a little bit of of extra frustration there now i don't think there's a lot to complain about in uh, monday night's game so so we had recorded right. they uh they played monday joey bart got 3 hits they they won very easily they they won 6 to 6 to 1 uh, no biggie. Gi- Giants won pr- pretty easy ball game there. And you know, after the the sweep of Pittsburgh, you're like, hey, they may have something going on here. Yeah, a little life. And, and you know what I didn't realize? And we've talked about this a little bit, but I don't think that we've really narrowed this down as, as one of the frustrations or one of the. It's not even a frustration. It's just a reality with the team. Is that when they are old, older, and when the bullpen is not at the level 
that it was last year, but also being stretched this late into the season. When I looked back at the schedule, I was like, oh, wait. They play seven games. Like, like the, how many games have they played in a row, right? If we, if we go back to the schedule, the last day off would have been the Thursday before the Pirates game. So yeah, one, so two, they, so three. Ten games in a row. Four, yeah, it's ten games in a row. And when we were thinking about how well they would do, I didn't need, that didn't even cross my mind. Ten games in a row, that means the bullpen's going to be overworked. That means some of these older right. players are going to be burnout. And we saw, I mean, Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt trying to drag bunt with two strikes <laughs> on Thursday's game. And it was because Zach Allen was on fire. Like, they couldn't even see the guy. Yeah. And like that, those those moments were just like, oh my gosh. So I want I want to caveat this by saying we underestimated what that was going to be when we looked at the week last week. So right. we, we go to Tuesday night, and Tuesday night, they can't hit for anything. They don't even score a run until the ninth inning. They're down one zero. Now, great pitched game, right? Like like just yeah. amazing by, by Junis, Jacob Junis, seven innings, seven strikeouts, four hits. And uh, uh, on the other side, Kelly as well for, for the Diamondbacks. He was just as good, you know, maybe even a tick better. And it's, it's down, you know, ninth inning. And so I'm watching it. You're watching it. Hot take, Bry. We're all watching it <laughs> for some reason. And I don't know why, but for some reason, I was like a minute behind you guys. And so I had the, I had my iPad. I was doing dishes. I was uh, checking it out. I was making coffee for the next morning, but but I had it on. And so you and and Brian both texted at the same time. And I thought you guys were texting about Tyro Estrada's triple. It was a two. I think it was two out triple. Yeah. And so I thought I thought that's what you guys were, were laughing about. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know they they got something going here. Crawford's up. And then Crawford hits a walk-off. And what I realize at that moment is, uh-oh, I think I'm behind. And, yep, I was behind. So you guys were actually <laughs> laughing at the, the walk-off when I thought it was the Tyro shot. But, look, talk about momentum, right? What yeah, a oh, moment. Yeah. Brandon Crawford, two outs, you know, two-run jack. They couldn't do anything. And that's the fifth win in a row. And I don't know about you, but I went to bed going like, I wonder if there is some magic left here. Yeah, I, and I did too. And and that's the frustrating part of the season. <laughs> I've got a, how many times have we gone to bed with like, oh, <laughs> little little bit of momentum. Yeah. Things yeah. are happening. Things are gonna start looking good, you know. And then you wake up in the morning. First thing I always do when I wake up in the morning is grab my phone and start reading stuff, which I'm yeah. changing, by the way, because I, I don't know if that's healthy. Really? Probably oh, not. It's so negative. Yeah. So now what I've started doing, and not even that, it's just I pick it up and I just spin through Twitter and, and yeah. Instagram yeah. and all that. So now what I've started doing starting today, let's see how long I keep this up, is I get up in the morning, I go straight out to the front room before I even grab the phone. I turn on Apple Fitness Plus, and I'm going to be doing a 10-minute yoga every there morning. There you go. That's I what do, I need before to I do. do. Yeah, just what the heck, you know, yeah, stretch that's what things I need to out. Do. I thought that's but yeah, idea. so that... That next morning, I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, five in a row. We've got the Diamondbacks for two more. 
Then we go to Colorado, which, you know, is always a, a struggle. And like you said, too, we totally underestimated. We're not thinking about the 10 days in a row. Yeah. Going into Colorado with a cruddy bullpen that's beat up. And now we're going to have to deal with that. Completely underestimated all of that. Um, but, yeah, I was looking at the, the – just looking at the numbers real quick. The win probability for the Giants before that Tyro Estrada – two out triple was about 5%. So they still had a 5% chance of winning, which is amazing because usually at that point with two outs and nobody on, what, shouldn't it be less than 5%? Shouldn't it be close to like 1%? That might say something about uh, Arizona's bullpen. I don't know. I, I believe so. And I think they, yeah, they don't have like a, I mean, they've got Melanson. That's their closer. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. So I went to bed that night. I felt so good too because I'm. I think Denise was already asleep, and I'm laying in bed, and I think she's asleep next to me. And he hit. You know, as soon as Crawford hit it, I jumped up and I was like, ah! <laughs> and she was like, "What the hell's going on?" So, <laughs> I tried to do it quietly, but you know, it's hard to do. Yeah, when you're a Giants fan. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so then we go to Wednesday. And we got the ace or one of the one of the two aces. If you if you think Webb is the ace, if you think Radon is the ace, Webb's going to be here longer, more than likely. So I go either way and I'm feeling pretty good. And I'm like, okay, you know, let's just wipe these guys out. Arizona at this point is 53 and 63, right? Like their season isn't going well. And so I'm just like, let's, you know, we got to get these guys. And Radon comes out on fire. Two hits, six innings, 11 strikeouts. Uh, and then we got turned over to, over to the bullpen. Uh, the, the, the Diamondbacks, uh, the Giants are up two to one heading into the seventh inning. Harleen Garcia, uh, he did something positive in this game. Uh, yeah. the, 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 later in the week, it, 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 it would be bad news. <laughs> uh, and then in the eighth inning, so this is where when we think about this team and before the season started, who did we project would have this eighth inning? It was going to be Tyler Rogers. It was going to be Mac Cheese, right? Or left lefty-righty combo. Or the yeah. Giants would trade for a closer, and maybe it's Duvall. Instead, it's it's Dominic Leone, and he gives up. Uh, he gives up the lead. Arizona scores two runs. They are now up three to two, and uh, and and they finish the Giants off. So, starting starting pitching does well. Turn it over to the bullpen, and then the, it it just blows up. Now, the, it, and it's not like. Arizona is this firepower team. You know, it's not like we're playing in Colorado, which would happen. This is just a, this is a ho-hum, you know, we're kind of finishing out the season. Got a couple of good players here and there. I wouldn't think, I wouldn't say, you know, if, if you're an Arizona Diamondbacks fan, there's not necessarily one person you're pointing at saying, you know, this is a career year. I know, you know, Christian Walker hits bombs. Um, you know, he's got 29 on the season, but he's also hitting 223. Uh, but, but like, this is not a team where you're like, hmm, I- I'm a little worried here. No, I was like, oh, great. Like, this is exactly the team you want to have a one run lead late in the innings against because they just have a hard time scoring in general. But nope, they give it up. And 
as frustrating as that was, I was still like, all right, they can get the day game and still get out of here with, there with three out of four going into Colorado. And I think the the team will be up for that. Like they just get that one, win the series, and then you're off to Colorado, uh, who similarly similarly uh, are, are are not the, the, them and, and the Diamondbacks essentially have you know almost a, a, the same record. So lose yeah. that game, and then they go into and that I think that was the game that that Brian was at. Right? He didn't wasn't he? It was texting yeah. us from that from that game, and then he said that. He was he was such bad. I think he said he's like zero and five this year or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we need to have a talk. I, I don't want him going to any more games. I'll pay. I'll pay for him to not go to any more games. So, <laughs> okay. So still, the 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 idea is is we have Logan Webb the next day. I'm sure he got some sleep the night before. Well rested. This is his home park. He's one of the best pitchers uh in, in in the division and I feel good about it. And almost immediately it just sours. It, it it's just really bad. Like Gallon is on fire. Nobody can touch him. I think he got through like the fifth inning or something like that where he had faced the minimum. Uh he's just striking guys out. And and these weren't strikeouts where they were competitive strikeouts. These were Right, like oh my gosh, like he's just manhandling this baseball team. Yeah, that I, I, yeah, that was a really tough one to watch. Yeah, I mean we've had some tough games to watch this year, and that was just an extremely frustrating, tough game to watch. Yeah, so so relive that one. So (laughs) the 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 Crawford thing happens, like I said, drag bunts with two strikes. And and but there's nobody on base, right? So it's he's kind of the element of surprise. Yeah. With Bell, he's got two guys on, and he's got two outs, and he's yeah. got two strikes, and he actually almost laid it down. That's the that's the part that makes me laugh. Is yeah, I, w- I wish he would have tried that with less than two yes. strikes. I mean, if you yes. if you know you're overmatched, I mean, you faced Gallon already a couple times. If you yes. know you're overmatched. Surprise him early in the at bat. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I don't even know what to say this week. <laughs> so I'm listening to, uh, I'm taking my stepdaughter to school yeah. and Kruko is on and they're talking to him about it. And Kruko is the gamer of all gamers. He was frustrated. But at the same time, he had all of the information as to why Belt might have done it, you know, to kind of defend Belt a little bit. Now, Twitter, Twitter doesn't want to hear that, right? Twitter. No. God. And, and I, I'm the biggest Belt defender out there, and I thought it was really silly. The thing that I didn't like was, to me, it was just a give up. It was Brandon Belt going like, yeah. I cannot hit this guy. So if that is the case... Why don't you go go tell Kapler like get someone else up here like that's the, yes. that's the thing to do if you if you are not seeing it if you're not feeling well because to go up there and to to surprise bunt with two strikes and two outs with runners on in a game where the team needs something squaring at that moment is is not the right play no no matter yeah. what the analytics say about how good he is at bunting that that is just that that is the opposite 
of being able to pump your team up. They just feel like defeated after something like that. Yeah, exactly. Because you're a major league hitter. You're a left-handed hitter. You're facing Gallon. He's overmatching you. Take something. I mean, I, I don't know if this is even philosophy in 2022 baseball, but take something off your swing. Look for something on the outside corner and just, you know, punch it in the left field. If you, if, if I mean, at least that's an effort, right? At yeah. least that's an effort of trying something. If you, because if you foul it off, you, you're still alive. If you foul off a bunt, you're dead. I mean, that's so that was the hardest part to watch, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, we we grew up watching guys fight at bats and fight <laughs> off bad pitches and fight off outside pitches, even if they're not seeing it. And and things can happen. I mean, things can. Well, Gallon could throw inside on you and get you on the elbow, yeah. and then you're on base. Uh, at least give yourself a chance. So that that was the most frustrating thing. That, like you said, that kind of felt like a give up. And I I don't want to see that out of this team. So that's that's kind of frustrating. To, what would to see. what would have Will done? Will would have fought. Yeah. Will would have absolutely fought. He would not have uh, bunted with two strikes. <laughs> I can tell you that for sure. So, <laughs> You know, by the yeah. way, I, I mentioned Will. You had uh, given me the idea of uh, the Will Clark jersey, the throwback jersey. Oh, yeah. And so I, I searched for it once just to see, you know, what the price was and stuff. And it, it's a hefty 140 oh, yeah. bucks or whatever. And but now since I searched for it, the jersey follows me everywhere on the internet, yeah. wherever I go. <laughs> no, no, one of, and so one of these days you're going to make that purchase. The I am. I'm going to have to every time. Yeah, I'm going to have to buy it one of these every days. Time. Yeah, I I'm going to get mine, but I'm going to pay about thirty bucks from it. For it <laughs> and I'm going to get it from a site that you know sells jerseys like that for 30 bucks so i don't i mean i've gotten i've got a few and they and they look good especially rams jerseys like what about I'm the not, ones behind you so that's from the site okay you know uh that's legit the the giants one in the middle that is a uh 1989 i want to say okay. 88 or 89 uh batting practice jersey got it uh and that was legit because i worked at so i worked at i don't know if you remember the the chain in the bay area it was called sports stuff hmm. so in valco mall in cupertino i worked at sports stuff in high school uh 88 89 before i got the job in the music store and that place uh that, that's where i got that jersey and that jersey the 87 88 road jersey so nice. both of those are legit but at the time they were probably like 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah. 60 bucks. But but uh, but that was a lot because I was like, you know, a paycheck would go to <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you know, working part-time and I'm like, here's my paycheck. Just give me that jersey. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's finish off the sadness. And then we're going to be done with the sadness. We're going to move on and we're going to have fun and, and stay positive. But yeah. So then they go to Colorado. Uh, we, You and I... You know, not necessarily on the podcast too much, but, you know, we talk about the good wood and the bad wood. Right. Alex Wood, he was the bad wood. And and you don't really want to have bad wood. It's not great to watch. I'm sure it's not great for him. And you can make whatever innuendo joke that you think I'm making about bad wood versus good wood. <laughs> but 
They're they're down seven to zero in Colorado. Well, th- at least thankfully it is in Colorado because you know you can come back. Right. Uh, the, the Colorado, Colorado has this young kid uh, Montero. He hits two jacks. I think he had another one yesterday. Uh, Jock Peterson finally hits a home run. Right. Uh, Connor Joe hits a home run. So these the balls flying out of the park. Giants make a little bit of a comeback. Austin Slater. Gets a, a base hit into right field like only he can, where he just inside outs it and hits a nice little laser. But essentially, that they didn't really have much of a shot there. Uh, so that wasn't what I would consider a, a winnable game. No. Uh, so then we go to the next night, and and that is a little bit of a different story. So Giants are uh, Giants are up. Um, no, actually, the Giants. So the, so the Giants are tied. And then they lose the lead. So they, they tie the game in the top of the seventh. And then they lose the lead in the bottom of the seventh. And this is where I was mentioning, uh, you know, where, 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 you know, Garcia only pitches a third of an inning. Um, Brebia comes in for one. And then it's Doval who gives up uh, a run to lose the game, but it's actually Alex Cobb. That, that's where I was screwed up. Alex Cobb, they let him go into the seventh. He wasn't missing bats. He'd already given up 10 hits. And to me, this was Gabe going like, dude, <laughs> I need you. I need you to get through one more because the bullpen is shot. Yeah. And, uh, and he couldn't, and, and he gives up a hit to, to, and then, so they, so they take the lead and uh, Duvall gives it up in, in the 10th. So uh, the Giants had come back to tight in the ninth and then they lose it in the 10th. Duvall threw a, I think what it was supposed to be was the 99 mile an hour exploding sinker, but it was flat. It was right mm, down yeah. In Colorado, that stuff. I mean, all your breaking stuff in Colorado is just flat. And that's the hard part because again, you go into their three games of your 10 in a row, the last three are in Colorado. So that's absolutely brutal. You don't have time to recover. I mean, you're, you're just going into Colorado already gassed. And then you've got your, your bullpen throwing their nasty breaking stuff that just kind of sits up and and that's what happens yeah and then in the the 10th the giants go uh the giants go pretty easily too it was belt strikeout bart strikeout jostremski ground out and then uh and 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 then they won and then the rockets won the game so another winnable game for the giants there uh I, i wouldn't say the bullpen necessarily let them down because when you get in the extra innings that is, uh, you know, you put that runner on second base automatically. That's tough for even the best bullpens to, to get out of. But it was just yeah. another winnable game. And it was one of those where had the Giants have actually swung this game, it could have meant a lot uh, for the psyche of, of the fans. But because they didn't, because they didn't, then it was like, up. Oh, here's another, you know, another four game losing streak. Yeah. And, and so that leads us to yesterday's game now. Yesterday's game, thankfully, they pulled it out. But it also showed everything that is bad at the same time, even in winning this game, because the Giants uh, took a 6-2 to two lead thanks to a Longoria Grand Slam. And again, we talk about this thing, momentum, like, oh, like that should pump these guys up. 
Nope. Uh, Junis gives uh, gives up a jack in the next inning, so it's six to three. And then this is where bad Harleen Garcia comes in. He gives up uh, Jack, gives up two runs. Tyler Rogers was right in front of him, gave up a hit, gave up a run. And so now it's tied. And then the bats fight back here. In the top of the 10th, they score two runs. And you're thinking like, oh, thankfully. But we had just (laughs) used Duvall to get out of the ninth. So now you're back to, uh, you know, these other guys, uh, one being... Alex Young, like uh, how many? I the guy has nine innings this year. I don't, I don't remember seeing him <laughs> throw very many <laughs> innings, and he's been good. He's he's been yeah, pretty yeah. good in those nine innings, but here not good because of two runs. And so at this point, I'm just pulling my hair out, going like, how how can you make up any sort of any any sort of games back? When the bullpen is just so bad, the, you you turn to someone like Alex Young, and you're like, "Hey, it's his time, it's his spot. He's going to give us a big inning here." And nope, um, Leon comes in and, and finishes it off. So after his poor performance, you know he did clean it up a little bit, and then uh, Latell of all people finishes it off when the Giants score one in the in the eleventh. And the way that this game ends is a fly ball to Lamont in right field. He had just come into the game. Uh, I don't know if it was the inning before or, or whatever, but he, he he didn't start the game. He came in for Slater. And it was a medium fly ball. Uh, runner tags up, and he throw, threw him out at third. And the, the, initial, the initial ruling was that he was safe, and then they went, to New York and, and they called him out. Did you see it as out? I did actually w- when it happened, the second Longoria turned around and pointed to the dugout, I thought, Oh yeah, no, no, that's a great call because I thought he clipped him on the heel. And sure enough, he did. Um, you know, of course you're watching it in fast, you know, yeah. real time and, and, and it's happening like that. And then I'm thinking too, Hilliard, the tag up from second, he didn't need to go to third. I mean, he's you're got in good scoring speed. Position. You're yeah. in scoring position. You got good speed. It's Colorado's outfield. I mean, it's yeah. a big outfield. So if you get a single, you're scoring. Um, so I was like, "What? Uh, oh, he's going all right." And that that was a tremendous throw by yes. Lamont Junior. Too. Um, but yeah, I did. As soon as it happened, I thought, "Okay, he's I." I think he got him. And even if he didn't, I had confidence that Latell is going to get in the next batter and we're going to get out of that with the W anyway. So. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. 
Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. So thankfully, they got out of there because had they lost that game, um, I don't know if we would have felt any worse, but it would have felt like a disastrous week. And and this way, you know, it didn't feel quite disastrous. You just felt let down because there were so many winnable ball games. Like they were definitely going to lose the gallon game. They were definitely going to lose the opener against Colorado, but they, they should have been five and two and instead were three and four. And uh, that's, that's just the way that the season has gone. So, uh, all right. So you did a poll earlier today for player yeah. of the week and we got, uh, I think it was a, a pretty much a, a wipeout on, on, on the poll. It, it, it was, yeah. So we do a, our, our player of the week every week. And, you know, again, it was a weird week for pitching. Uh, you don't see many bullpen guys. Last last week we had Doval in the poll. Um, I usually pick three guys each week. I don't remember another reliever the rest of this season <laughs> previously that we picked in, uh, in, to even be in the poll. Um, and, again, not one this week. But uh, coming in third – uh, with zero percent of the votes, Beecraw. This a dude hit a hit a walk off Jack, and then he hit another one. Right? Didn't he have two home yeah. runs this week? Yeah, he did. He had two home runs. He hit two seventy two this week, three ninety three woba, two home runs, five ribs, and two walks. So he's getting on base, doing his job, and you know his same normal steady defense. When there's no shift. The defense is fantastic when there's a shift. <laughs> Yesterday, I mean, there were a couple plays too. I was like, God, if you know, if this is next year and that shift is gone, that's an easy play for the second baseman, whoever we have at second base. Although yeah. this season, I don't know if you could see say that any play at second base for our team is an easy play. Um, but anyways, you know, Crawford's always steady on on defense, and he had another good defensive week uh, coming in. Second place, Jacob Junis with 15.8% of the vote. So the, so the winner was, yes, it was a landslide. But Jacob Junis, again, doing a, a fantastic job, a nice hidden gem for the Giants again this season uh, as a starting pitcher for the most part. Uh, 13 and two-thirds innings. He had two starts this week. In those 13 and two-thirds innings, he had 13 strikeouts, walked nobody. He did give up three home runs. That was a little blemish on the record. Um, but a 176 BABIP against and a 2.41 XFIP. Um, so, I, you know, we got to throw in the sabermetric stuff <laughs> just to kind of beef it up a little bit. Because otherwise, you had 13 and two-thirds innings, he struck out 13 and walked none. But he had some other stuff happening in there that, that showed that he had a really good week. Um, but coming in the first place, Evan Longoria. Longo hit 389 this week, a, a real resurgence. Um, 554 Woba, two home runs, three doubles, six ribs, and of course, a couple of just defensive gems yesterday. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people voted for him because you do see the defense that he had yesterday. You see the great p plays that he made, but also he had a, a fantastic week. Um, best Giants offensive player of the week for sure by the numbers by far. Uh, Evan Longoria, our player of the week i think longoria still has the best home runs per at bat ratio on the team as well 
I I would not doubt that. And and as I was talking about bullpen and we were talking about bullpen earlier, I looked at the last two weeks. You could probably go back the entire season and it's still going to look like this. But the last two weeks where we've been extremely frustrated with them. And I have a question for you after this, too, Okay, uh, about the bullpen and, 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 you know, about some other things having to do with the bullpen and management. Um, but the Giants, what, what do you think the bullpen's war is over the last two weeks? Mm, it's got to be minus. Can you get a minus war? You can, can get, get a, a minus, minus yeah, but they're actually zero. Okay. They're war that makes the sense. last two weeks, 0.0. Only three teams are worse than them in the last two weeks in the bullpen, and that's the Angels, the Cardinals, and the Cubs. Cardinals are surprising because the Cardinals are having a great season, um, but their bullpen is just not quite up to par, and that's going to be a problem for them when it comes to the playoffs. Um but yeah, the Giants have a war of 0.0 in the bullpen the last two weeks. So our friend of the show and our friend of, if we goes back with us to KSJS and is in our fantasy leagues as well, Nick Martinez. Uh, he likes to razz me a little bit. And he's a Giants <laughs> fan too, but he likes to um, let me know how much of uh, how much Gabe Kapler is on the hot seat now. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, cause I keep saying Kapler's not on the hot seat. Personally, I don't think so because of injuries. He is also not the GM. It's not his choice necessarily of who is up in the mm-hmm. bullpen. I'm sure he has a say in it, Sure, but uh, who's in triple a, who's in the bullpen, what moves are being made, who's being picked up, who's being DFA'd. Um, so, so it's been spirited the last couple of weeks, the discussion between him and I about uh, Gabe Kapler's hot seat. Do you think the bullpen is more, uh, the, the issues the giants are having more fall on Gabe Kapler or do they more, more fall on, the players themselves for not pitching and, and playing up to the expectations that they did last season. So what this reminds me of is earlier in the season, oh, here we, we go. had the haters watch because <laughs> yes. giants were running it up on teams and they were bunting and uh, <laughs> Dubon was getting in trouble and then yes. saying, Oh no, they gave me the bunt sign just so he would Matt Williams fight. with the st- Matt Williams with the stink eye from the Padres dugout. Yes. And whatever. And so now it's the haters wars from the fans to hating on games. You know, I think the only thing that I sort of dislike and, and dislike is, is hard. Maybe get slightly annoyed at is the team is not doing well. And Gabe doesn't really say much when he is asked about it. He's very vanilla. Oh, it was X, Y, and Z, which is the same answer that he would give you if they were winning, right? And that's my only frustration with him because I would love to see a little bit of a little bit of Bochi honesty. You know, Bochi wasn't going to th- slam players. He was going to mostly have his guys back, but he he could be realistic if he needed to just like it. Yep. You know, we're just not doing X and you don't really hear that from Gabe. You know, most of the time you'll hear from him is something like, Oh yeah. You know, the numbers show that we're not catching the baseball or or something like that. He'll say something like that. And I guess this is just a little bit different with baseball because 
And I always go back to when the 49ers were coached by Mike Singletary. Yeah. You love you loved those seasons. I did. They were <laughs> they were from an outside perspective as a Rams fan. I mean, my team was awful during that period, anyways. But as an outsider, it was fascinating. Yes, watch, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and so our our problem, Niner fans' problem with Singletary wasn't that we didn't like him. We liked him. He was spirited. He's a Hall of Famer. He he was somebody who had some interesting quotes. But he never had a solution to the problem from like a schematic way. What are we doing incorrectly? He would be very generic in those answers. And it made us as fans believe, well, he just doesn't know because he is not a schemer. He, he is more of a uh, inspirational coach, you, you could say. And similarly, the Warriors had a guy before Steve Kerr named Mark Jackson. Great quote. Love the guy. He seemed like he was a cool guy. He was very paranoid, for one. And schematically, he did not have the right coaching staff. He wasn't teaching. He wasn't putting the players in the right positions. It was like, okay, you guys are the players. You go do it, and I'll sit back, and and I got your back. In baseball, it's so weird because... Now there is a playbook in baseball, right? There yeah. is there is a formula for for what these guys are supposed to do. So I almost feel like Kapler, much like his buddy Dave Roberts, is so much of a product of this playbook than anything else. And so to Nick's point, some of these moves are ultimately Gabe's responsibility, but I feel like it's more of him just running the playbook. And now I'm sure some of it is like, oh, I can't utilize, I can't use um, Doval again unless I know it's a save situation. Because if it's not, then it's too risky because we may be able to come back in this game and then I've already used him, which is kind of what happened in 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 uh, the yeah. Saturday game. And so, like, that's how I feel is Gabe is Gabe's job is to kind of put this playbook through. And the playbook is at fault more so this year than last year because the team's not as good. And for for whatever reason, you know, we, we've talked about a myriad of reasons as to why, whether it is the age catching up to them, whether it's a little bit of a regression to the mean uh, whether um, you know the the starting pitching as good as it's been, uh, you know maybe they're not going as deep into the games. Though I I don't know what that stat says. It just sometimes it feels like uh, when it's not Radon and when it's not Webb, the bullpen just gets taxed in those other starts. So I, I may yeah. be wrong about that, but I do feel a little bit like. If the roster was a little bit better, so this this may be me saying it's a little bit more Zadie than than Kapler. Um, that that is how I feel is that he is doing he is pushing the same buttons. He just doesn't have the same roster. Yeah, exactly, and and that's kind of how I feel about it. He called him a robot yesterday, and I I can see that. Um, I can see how how you could feel that way. 
that it's a lot of analytics and like you said, the playbook we've got to go that, you know, it's got to, it's this situation. So this is the picture we're putting out there. But again, when, when you put the picture out there, you don't, you don't have the information ahead of time that this pitcher is not going to make the pitches tonight. And then like in yesterday's situation, it was every relief pitcher you put out there <laughs> was not making the pitches. Yeah. Was that a product of Colorado? Uh, was that a product of day 10 in a row? Uh, a product of a gas bullpen? Because in that situation as a manager, any manager uh, you could put out there. I almost said Boone, but it, the Yankees are awful right now, so I won't say Boone. But you could put Dave Roberts in that situation, and you've got a bullpen that's leaking oil and needs. Uh, they all need new head gaskets, and uh, they've all blown the back left tire. And then what do you do? I mean, you you, you can't. Who are you going to throw out there, Brandon Belt? I mean, you're just kind of out of options at that point. So I, I've kind of put a, a lot of this onus on uh, on Zadie, on the situation that there is no Plan B, there yeah. is no, um, you, you know, there there isn't that uh, major league to triple A uh, subway back and forth that there was last year. And I know, I know you only have the five moves this year per player. So you can't, you know, when it comes to the options, you can only move up and down five times in a season now versus I think there was no cap last year, nine or 10, maybe if even that, but so I look at it more in that situation that, Hey, I think Zadie didn't plan for that going into this season. I think maybe he, he thought what we have, is going to be great. Mac cheese. Everybody thought Mac cheese was going to be the same Mac cheese. Everything's going to be fine. No. The, the, that, that, and that uh, might be a good, that might be a good comparison is who was on the team this year and last year and had a better season this year. I can't even think of one. Uh, maybe Doval. Uh, I mean, uh, but, true. but it, but Tyro only maybe? because Tyro as well. Tyro, yeah, and and maybe because Duvall was a uh, you know was on his way up and and only had one way to go because he started out he he pitched well he didn't pitch well from the start no last they had year to bounce first back. Came up. yeah 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 so when he came up so I mean yeah there are very few players whose war is probably higher and that's a good one for maybe next week's show we can look at some war comparisons up to this point in the season uh, but we did that earlier in the season too and uh, you know we looked at on-base percentage. We looked at OPS plus we looked at it. And, and I don't think anybody was better other than Longoria than they were last year. Now probably Estrada because Estrada is a 15, 15 guy, um, you know, and, and like Nick had said yesterday, he, he said, Jock Peterson is the only good player on the team. I thought, well, I mean, <laughs> Lamont Wade jr. Is a good player. And, 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 and uh, is, the funny is, thing is the, the one thing I would ask is, is Jock yeah. even good? <laughs> Well, and that's what I told him. I said, well, Jock Peterson hit a home run Saturday, but he hadn't hit one since June 24th. I mean, he hits the ball hard. Yeah. And he said he'd love to see him play every single day. And I thought, I don't want to see him play against left-handers. 
I don't think anybody does. There I don't think Jock Peterson does. <laughs> no, oh. he does, Jock Peterson doesn't want to see himself play against left-handers. So, um, but but I told him, and and the funny thing is, he texted that and he said nobody else is good on the team. And ten seconds later, Lamont Wade Jr. <laughs> makes that play in right field and the throw. And I said, well, there's a good one. And I said, there's a pretty good tag by, <laughs> by Longoria. So I mean, the Giants have some good players. I think it, it's just. They don't have a lead. Um, they don't have a lead dog uh, with, no, with the bat really right now, don't. for sure. No, absolutely. What not. happened to Ramos? Did he even come up? He was on the taxi squad. Okay, that's what it was. The taxi uh, yeah. squad. He was on the taxi squad. He was there for the entire weekend. I mean, I wish we had eighteen pitchers on the taxi squad <laughs> for this weekend, but uh, but Ramos was there, and then he was you know shipped back off to uh, AAA uh, to Sacramento today. So yeah. All right, quickly, what are you drinking there? I went with the uncle. Yes. Yes. I hadn't, I think this is the last bottle that I have. Um, so I'm going to have to get another. I'm running low on bourbon. I don't drink that much anymore. So I'm yeah, running low. Yeah, we're, we're kind of on the same page here. Yeah, I've been drinking, uh, don't, don't tell anybody this, but I've been drinking Corona Lights. Ooh. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's light. It's refreshing. It's four percent. It's only like a hundred calories. So I'll have one of those a night, and that's uh, yeah. All right. Have you heard of something called the Finnish Long Drink? I have. I've seen ads for that. Yes. Yes. So I heard it on a podcast, and uh, I was like, oh, I kind of want to try it. And you know, you know what's a, a trick is if I go to the grocery store and they don't have what I'm looking for, my immediate thought is, oh, it must be like too good for the grocery store. I need to get it. <laughs> and so Crystal went to, I think she went to Total Wine a couple weeks ago. And I was like, hey, can nice. you see if they have this thing called the long drink, the finished long drink? And she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. And it was, it was right there. So it is... Um, it is gin with natural grapefruit and juniper berry flavors, Ooh. artificial sweeteners, and carbonation. So it's a gin-based drink rather than usually you see it like a vodka-based drink. Or even now, yeah. you know, you know, I I had the one last week, or I've I've had it a couple times. Um, the gym, the the Jim Beam uh, highball with citrus and they, they have a lot, but yeah, this is the first gin one that I've found. So pretty good. It, gin. It's, it's more refreshing than anything else. It tastes like a, a it what it tastes like is, uh, you know, your, your grapefruit stevia. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It tastes like that with like gin. I don't, it's not a strong gin flavor. So you, I, I could have, you could have told me that it was vodka and not gin. And I would have been like, Oh yeah, that, whatever but it is it is gin but that's kind of what it tastes like yeah because gin is like botanical kind of almost uh you know the kind of it's got a juniper flavor to it almost and yeah and so that with the juniper now i'm allergic to juniper mm. but i i'd still try it because I, I oh man because reno is really bad for juniper so we have it like everywhere um and so during the spring, it's my allergies are just awful. Ah. I had during Christmas one year, I didn't even 
look at it, but I had from Rogue Brewing Company. It was a, a, a winter Christmas ale, and I poured it, and I started drinking it. And then all of a sudden, I got stuffy, and I looked. And it brewed with juniper berries. Oh, like, no. Oops. <laughs> Uh, we we've been to a we went to a gin tasting oh, before, nice. which was pretty cool because I'd always wanted to learn more about gin, and uh, so we went to like the uh, the tasting, which was which was fun. So I, I but you know it's also one of the like bourbon and whiskey, pretty easy to find. Pretty you know pretty yeah. like commercial like everyone's making those everyone's making tequila as well you don't hear like a lot of gin you know distributors or celebrities distributing gin so it's kind of lost in the shuffle a bit but yeah i like it yeah there's that junipero gin um junipero gym whatever they call it during the giants broadcast that i see them advertising they call it junipero i always thought it was junipero who knows? All right. Uh, quickly, we're not going to really go over the schedule. Uh, the Giants are in Detroit for two. They are in uh, Minnesota for three. And, you know, I don't even – I couldn't tell you what my expectations are, being that they're away, being that um, they are facing – you know, the, the Tigers are – in last place, 47 and 76. Minnesota is uh, 62 and 57, so they're they're a good ball club. Though their run differential is not that much different than the Giants. So I yeah. kind of look at that stat and go, mm, are they really that? You know, they're only two games or a game and a half technically behind Cleveland for the AL Central. And I think they're... It, it, they're in the mix for the wild card, but they would not make it. So they, they probably do need to win that division to make the playoffs. But gosh, you know, what do we even expect the Giants to do? The, the only good thing is the fact that they have two days off, right? And that should yeah. be helpful. The two days off should be helpful. And I would hope that they could beat Detroit twice. Like Detroit's one of the worst teams in baseball. Well, and the Giants, so I said going into this 12-game stretch that ends with the two games in Detroit that the Giants would, you know, I, I would love to see them go 10-2. and two. If they thought that they were going to be contenders, I thought coming out of that San Diego series, they're playing these kind of not-so-good teams. If they can end up 10-2, and two, I thought that would be great. Well, they're 6-4. and four. So if they could win the two games in Detroit against those 12, uh, those 12 games, they could be – uh, eight and four, which is respectable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, then, like you said, into Minnesota, hot, muggy Minnesota. Uh, you're on the road. Uh, I'm not too worried about their run differential. I'm not too worried about how good or bad Minnesota is because I think they're good enough when they're playing at home. Um, and you've got a team traveling from the West Coast. That's a tough matchup for the Giants. Um then what home for San Diego for three uh, and Philly for three, who they're battling for that wild card spot, then off to LA. And then, and then because of the lockout, the giants are going to LA for three. Then they go to Milwaukee to squeeze in for two. <laughs> and they got two games against Milwaukee on the same day. So a double header on the Thursday, squeeze that in and then off to Chicago for three. 
and then yeah. home for Atlanta and the Dodgers. I mean, it's not a, it's not an easy schedule. I, by the time the Giants leave Los Angeles on September 7th, that could possibly be all she wrote for the season. I mean, that's that that's kind of what we're looking at of this stretch here. Um, Ken Giles is not the answer. The Giants, <laughs> the Giants signed Ken Giles today, uh, who was good about six years ago. Yeah. Um, he was DFA'd by the Mariners uh, last week, and you know, Giants signed him up. So I mean, they're, they're really just scratching and clawing for bullpen arms. Um, I think that's probably going to be the number one overhaul in this offseason that you see with the Giants. Um, cause really the starting pitching is good and good enough. Uh, if the bullpen were strong, uh, I think the giants are probably 10 games better than they are right now and probably holding on to a wild card spot. Um, so yeah, it, it, just looking at the schedule schedule, uh, going forward, it is a buzzsaw after they leave Detroit. All right. Last segment here we're going to talk about is the MLB list for their top 100 prospects, as well as the top 30 prospects for each team went up. And I wanted to look at the giants ones. And, you know, we've been doing this thing where you're following a couple prospects and I'm following a couple prospects. One of mine and who is the top prospect still in the giants farm system, Marco Luciano, he's back. He'd been out for uh how many how many games when did he first get hurt he got hurt in uh early june and so he missed uh a whole month then he went to rookie ball and he played about seven or eight games in rookie ball and then he came back to eugene uh and he's played four games four games i believe since Uh, and then i also had will bednar who you know number one draft pick last year was in San Jose last year. I got to see him in San Jose last year. And he has struggled with his command, and now he's hurt as well. So not a, not a great year. He got dropped on the Giants list. We'll show you the top 10 here in a second, but he got dropped on the Giants list all the way down to 13. Yeah, And as their top pick last year, all the way down to the 13th best prospect, according to uh, the Major League Baseball list. Uh, and you have Hunter Bishop, who he's still hurt too, right? Uh, he made an appearance, uh, I believe it was three or four days ago, but has not made an appearance uh, since. Uh, he had a he had a really good uh, June, and then July he was just kind of muddling through, and then he got hurt. Uh, but his June was very good. He hit like two eighty four. His OPS was up close to nine hundred. Uh, still, the strikeouts are there. 24 years old now. Uh, we talked about, you and I talked about it. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but you and I have talked about it off air um, that he's not yet eligible for the, for the Rule 5 draft until after next season. Mm-hmm. So kind of next season for Hunter Bishop is the, uh, you know, the show or go Um because he's, he needs to really make strides and he needs to make strides at double A because he's going to be 25 years old next year. So double A, triple A, that's where you should at least be or in the majors at this point when you're a number 10 pick. So those injuries are just biting him, man. And then you also had who is the riser 
in the Giants organization as far as prospects are concerned. Kyle Harrison now, this list yeah. of, of, of top 100, uh, Luciano is at 17 and Harrison is now at 22. I, I think like when this list came out in the beginning of the season, Harrison was closer to like the 40s or the 50s, I, th- I think. I'm not 100% sure, but he has definitely risen through the everybody's prospect list, which is kind of cool to see, but I, I still worry a little bit. I'm like, you know, this guy regularly is like 94 miles an hour. He's not 98, 99. And you kind of worry like, oh, you know, when it when it gets to the big leagues and, you know, they, they can they, they can handle just about anything. Is he is it still going to be as impressive of a fastball? But I keep hearing stuff, stuff like the fastball plays faster, stuff like that. And then I'm like, does that, does that <laughs> mean anything when he gets to the big right. leagues? You know, <laughs> I mean, if if you've got if you've got a wipeout slider and you've got a great changeup. I think I think I I kind of get where they're coming from, but yeah, I mean, does it? I mean, you you can get by if you if you're 94. I mean, look at Rodon. Rodon starts out the game at 94, 95. Yes, and then he finishes the game at 98. So I mean, if if you can kind of control your your, your fastball, control your speed of your fastball from the start of your start to the end of your start and still be throwing 95 and not have it drop off to 92, 91. I, th- I think you're in good shape. So if you, if you mix up pitches, well, the, pro- the problem with Kyle Harrison, I've been seeing, and again, I don't, you know, we don't get to watch like Roger Munter does. Roger Munter's there and he guys a machine. See, oh man. He could see his starts, which is fantastic to, I, you know, we, we follow Roger Munter on Twitter. You actually subscribe to Roger Munter. Let me get his, uh, let me get his Twitter handle i think I, so have, at, I have i have it here somewhere yeah so it's I, at raj 61 um so follow him he, he's got all the fantastic minor league stuff and there's a Substack um, right there roger yeah, muncher.substack.com there are giants yeah perfect and then so kyle harrison the one thing i see in the box scores is the walks the control that's coming down though the walks are coming down i think in the in this month in august he's only walked two in something like 17 or 18 innings so so that the, the control is getting better um it, he's in double a now does he finish the season in triple maybe he gets a little taste in triple a who knows well uh, there, there's a, there was a small discussion uh whether he could skip triple a and come right to the bigs next year now, I yeah. don't I think the Giants are a little more conservative than that, but he would be um what would he be? So he is 21 right now. Mm-hmm. So he would be he's not going to be 22. He had just turned 21. So you're talking about not going to be 22 until next summer. August and would would August yeah would the yeah. would the Giants bring up somebody that young? When did Bumgarner come up? Was Bumgarner twenty one when he came up the first time? I think he was actually twenty. Okay, so was, similar yeah, yeah. similar path yeah. from both guys. Uh, so it's it's not you know, but this is a different regime. Uh, it this is not the the same sort of mentality, especially when when Bumgarner came up. 
the Giants were they were doing it right, like they were on they they, they were they were seeing improvements in, in their ball club, uh, and and so he was brought up to sort of add to that, and and he didn't really have to pitch too much until um, probably what eleven and twelve was when he first started uh, started uh, starting games. Uh, a, yeah, two thousand eleven actually. Yeah. So the, and the the thing with Kyle Harrison too, and 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 the Giants and the way they move along, starting pitching. I mean, you're you are going to have a spot next year because Carlos Rodon. I, I can't imagine he's going to be here unless the Giants pony up and say, "Look, you were healthy. You're awesome. We'd love to have you here. Here's a five year deal with massive Jack." But then if they do that. Giants Twitter will burn <laughs> down the regime with the name of Gossman at that point. I, yeah. I, I would think. I would think. There we go. You're a year too late. Um, because you're talking about a guy in Rodon who has a, an injury history and Gossman who does not and is pitching like a Cy Young candidate right now in Toronto. Yeah. Um, but I think Kyle Harrison. I may have to make... eat my words on that one, though. I said Gossman <laughs> was going to slow down in the second half. Yeah. And. Well, it's still the second half, but yeah, it's the second half is almost over. We'll see how he um, how he does down the stretch because the Blue Jays are going to need him. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to see him in the playoffs too. Um, but I, but I can see I can see the Giants waiting till twenty twenty four. Maybe he'll get a spot start here or there in twenty twenty three. But I think with the Giants, you know, because again, you've got Webb, you've got Desclafani when, when he gets healthy, you've got Wood. Um, Will you have Cobb? It's possible. Will you have Junis as a starter? It's possible. Um, and again, will you have Rodon? That, that again, is possible. Um, so will there be room for Harrison at the beginning of the season? It depends on what direction the Giants are going. It, it, it kind of really depends, honestly, this last month and a half of the season. The Giants face a lot of good teams going down the stretch here. Yes. If they just fall off the face of the earth and end up 20 games under 500, there is a good chance Kyle Harrison is in the starting rotation out of spring training, depending on how he, how he does on the spring. So I, I really think the next six weeks kind of tell you what the Giants are going to do with prospects going forward. Also, the gate, the you know the attendance, the, the Giants, they're going to need some of these guys to make an appearance next year, I think, because like we talk about all the time, who's the sexy, fun player right now? Who are you going to the ballpark to watch? It's not Lamont Wade Jr. It's not Yastrzemski. It's not Webb, even though these are great players and really fun players to watch. With the way the Giants do things right now and they don't have that lineup, they don't have that day-to-day lineup to say, well, you're going to come to the ballpark and you're going to see Wade Jr. You're going to come to the ballpark and and you're going to see Brandon Crawford at shortstop. You may not because of the platoons and everything else. You're not going to see Jock Peterson if it's a left-hander. So do, do you think people who are paying for tickets right now and trying to get their family to the ballpark are looking two weeks in advance and going, well, are the Giants going to face a left-hander or right? No, they're just buying tickets to go to the game and hoping to see a great lineup. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're going to go see Luciano and Harrison and Ramos, who hopefully is playing better and, and Matos and, and Casey Schmidt, you know, down the line and seeing this great, core of young players yeah you're gonna get i'm i would be excited to go personally i'm getting older 
I, I don't want to go to the ballpark and, you know, and, and maybe have to sit through some, some poor defense. So, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I'm not way off on, on my Gossman stuff though. I, I didn't. So here's what I didn't know about Gossman. Yeah. Last year, 192 innings pitched, 150 uh, hits given up. This year, 129.1 innings pitched, 138 hits. So he's giving up over a hit in inning. Now, the strikeout stuff is really good. His control is is good. Uh, the, The walks, he's only given up. He's only had 22 walks in 129 innings so far. But, yeah, I was actually surprised to see that the hits are are higher but because he doesn't walk anybody the whip is still really pretty good not not great last year his whip was great this year it's, it's still decent still pretty good uh ERA 2.99 uh and he's 9 and 9 uh but yeah i was so you know he's still he is still a high quality starting pitcher uh, oh yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see where it ends. And if I was off a lot or just off a little bit, because but, and but that, not because I hated him, just because <laughs> that's who he was with us. Exactly, and he wasn't with us anymore. So yeah. we yeah. had to. Yeah, but but here's the thing too: is you can give up hits. You can give up more hits than innings pitch. If you've got a defense that can get you out of jams and can make plays, and the, and the Blue Jays do. I mean, they've got that defense, so. You know, that's the other thing the Giants really need to do, and I think they will in the offseason. They'll look at the bullpen, and they'll look at the defense, and they'll try to figure out how can we get – how can we improve that? Because, again, you don't need to build an offensive juggernaut, which the Giants certainly are not. Last year they were. I mean, they, you know, led the world in home runs almost yeah. and, and were crushing the ball. Well, that's not this team this year. So you kind of have to shift your focus and say, well, we're not getting that back. Um, We don't know if the power in the minor leagues will translate. We saw with Luis Gonzalez, we saw with VR. It does a little bit, but but you need that consistency of play. And you also need to be a defensive player to be able to stay in the lineup. Um, so I, so I think there's there's just kind of a lot at play. I think I think Zadie really has a lot of work to do. Um, anyways, that was a rant about defense and <laughs> just because because <laughs> we love to talk about it. <laughs> All right, so um, let's quickly go over their top ten prospects according to the MLB list here. So Luciano one, Harrison two. We talked about them. So Matos, who is having a way, 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 way down year, uh, only hitting a buck ninety-five at Eugene and slugging three thirty-one, he is still the number three prospect. A uh, bit of a disappointment for sure from him, though he did hit a grand slam. I think it was yesterday, and he hit another. Uh, he hit. He he. Got another hit. He just has a lot of 0 for 4s and 1 for 5s. That's basically been his season. Uh, Grant McRae, who's a newcomer uh, to this stuff, not that people didn't think very highly of him, but I don't, I, I'm assuming not this high. Uh, he's he's had s- some pretty good uh, pretty good things happen this year. He's, you, know, you know who his dad is, right? Uh, the uh, 
The guy who ran through the wall. <laughs> what what is yes. his first name? Rodney McCray, okay, 1991, yeah, yeah. ran through the wall in AAA trying to make a play on a fly ball. Anyways, a little bit yeah. of info. So uh, point, uh, I'm sorry, 290 batting average, 521 slugging. So he's uh, ops, 903. Um, just having a hell of a year at San Jose, 20 jacks. Uh, striking out a good amount, but he's also walking decently. And 35 stolen bases. So 20 home runs, 35 stolen bases in San Jose. Um, the 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 athletics uh, cover uh, the... The woman who covers the minor leagues for the A's and the Giants, uh, what is her name? Melissa Lockhart, I believe her name is. Uh, she was on with Grant Brisby, and and he asked her for a name, and he she said Averson Artiaga, and he had a slow beginning to this season. He's picking it up ever so, uh, ever so slowly, but he's also uh, only nineteen, and and you want to feel old? He was born in two thousand and three. Whoa. <laughs> but he is somebody oh, you're, who, th- you're thinking of Maria Guardado, right? No, no, no. That's that. That's oh, the okay, MLB gotcha. one. I think ah, Melissa yes, Lockhart. I think it's that. I think oh, name. right. Melissa. Correct. I, I, I may have you're that. Right. I'll, I'll look you're it right. up. Um, so, uh, so he's, you know, he, he's a guy and like, you look at this guy. He's so skinny, so <laughs> amazingly skinny, but he's 19 years old. Yeah. Uh, and so then uh, quickly, uh, Casey Schmidt, who I think that I think that, you know, I think uh, Rogers still pretty high on Casey Schmidt. And then we get to Carson Weisenhunt or Wisenhunt, who was the he was a second round draft pick, I believe, this year. Let me look that up. To be uh, sure. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Number two pick. Sixty six. I think he was out all of last year because he failed a, a PD test. Um, and so he didn't even play. Uh, so he, he, they have him higher than their top pick. Who's Reggie Crawford. Who's the guy who uh, they, they think, I, I don't know if they really see him as a two-way player. I think they may give him a chance to be a two-way player, but he took batting practice uh, last week. I think it was Wednesday night and hit like a 450 foot shot in batting practice. Jeez. Uh, and then just to finish it up, Eric Silva and Von Brown. Von Brown is another guy um, who I think he was in San Jose for some of the year, and I think he got moved up. Uh, yeah, he he was in San Jose. He's hitting three forty six in San Jose, uh, one point zero six three ops in two hundred and twenty eight abs with fourteen jacks and twenty three stolen bases. So another power speed guy. Then they moved him up to Eugene. He hasn't had quite the same amount of at-bats, 150 at-bats, but he's also still hitting 360, slugging 633, uh, nine jacks, and 20 stolen bases. So for the season, and he and th- this is a combined at-bat total of not yet 400 ABs, he's got 23 home runs and 43 stolen bases. Vaughn Brown. That is a name I think we should probably pay attention to. Yeah, and and looking at that, so the so the hard part about that top ten, throw that up there again, real quick, if you can. Okay. Um, the hard part about that top ten is looking at it, and and you see other teams, and you go, oh, they can, they, you know, this guy in AAA is just tearing it up, and he's ready to come up, but he's being roadblocked by this guy, by this guy. Look at look at those ages. Yeah. 
you, you've got only two guys in your top 10 past the age of 21 and nobody in AAA. Yeah. Uh, Casey nobody ready Schmidt, to help. No, nobody ready to help. And so, and so next season, that's the hard part. You, you want to look at this season and say, well, next season we've got guys that are going to be there that can contribute. I don't know if that's the case. So should I say, is it, is it okay to say, be prepared for the rest of this season <laughs> and then majority of next season to be on the cusp and to be hanging in there, but not quite be a, a, a team that's fighting for a national league West title or fighting for that wild card spot. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say because the beginning of the season, it looked like a team that was just kind of carrying over what they did last year yeah, uh, and playing above what they should be playing, but, but fighting and with lots of heart. Now I did, here's the thing. I watched an Orioles game on Saturday because I was cleaning up and the Orioles and Red Sox were playing on, on Saturday. And I watched that and they lost um, four to three. I think it was. But, man, they were having a good time. Mm -hmm. And the crowd was having a great time. And so many great young players on that team. And I was just thinking, that could be the Giants. Not next season, but 2024. That could be the Giants. A mix of some veterans and then young, exciting players like Luciano and Matos. Just watching them have fun, bat flips, you know, sliding in. Uh, I, I mean, the, the Orioles were taking extra bases on, on balls that you're like, Oh no, don't do that. But they, but they had so much fire um, and so many, you know, baseball instincts that it was just a fun, fun game to watch and a fun team to watch. So I'm not changing teams. Hey, just... They're only two and a half games back of the wild card. And that's after yeah. trading, <laughs> some players who who were some of their better players, but they knew that you know they're yeah. not. They, they may very well get on a hot streak and and maybe compete for that that last wild card spot. But ultimately, I think what they're saying is similarly to what you just said: is we're looking ahead to twenty three and twenty four when we know our guys are going to be ready to to help at the big league level. And yeah. look, you know that this season has been really bad. And I wouldn't say it's really bad for the big league club. It's just disappointing based on what we were doing last year. But yeah, it has been sure. really bad for the farm club because they were up and coming farm system. And this year, just nothing has gone right for them. So quickly, I'll just go through a couple of the other folks who, who may people yep. may know. Patrick Bailey uh, at the age of 23 is still only in high A. He has moved down to number 12. I mentioned Bednar at number 13. Uh, Jairo Palmeiras now number 14. Uh, he's also not having, uh, you know, he's not having a bad season, but I, I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's having the the standout season at, at Eugene that, that people are expecting. He's still doing, he's still doing okay. Um, sc scrolling down the list, Elio Ramos at number 18. So his stock is, is down. Um, 23, Hunter Bishop, your boy. Uh, and then we go down 26, Will Wilson, 27, David VR. And, uh, the Giants recently traded for Nick Zwack. <laughs> 
and he is number 30 on that list. That's a great baseball name. That's a fantastic Yeah, you know Kruko's going to make fun of him, though, if he gives up a loud <laughs> swag. <laughs> well, and also, uh, did you mention Tristan Peters, number 21? Um, oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He was, I missed He him. was picked up. Yeah, Trevor Rosenthal, who we had for five days. Yes. The Giants turned him into their number 21 prospect, uh, Tristan Peters. Um Another guy, we looked at his numbers. They were really good numbers, and he's got some, uh, you know, uh, another guy who could who, who could help the Giants in the long run or at least be a trade piece mm-hmm. for the Giants when they need, uh, you know, somebody in the bigs. On, only 55 ABs so far at Richmond, hitting 218. Yeah. Um, so far, no power, which is, right. uh, which is not great, but, yep. All right. So uh, that is it for here. Uh, we are done. We'll be back next week. Hopefully uh, a much brighter week. You know, I, I, I can't like I, I, try, I keep trying to think like, oh, you know, if, if they can just if they can just win a couple of games here and sneak in. They're six games back of, of Philly in this uh, in this wild card, though, because the rest of the National League is so bad, they are still fifth for three spots it's it's atlanta who's winning you know the atlanta's won 75 ball games san diego who's struggling and philly then milwaukee then the giants and then it sort of falls off even further after that so they're on the outside of the mix but i don't think people have have completely given up on them yet giants fans probably have given up on them a little bit more than the, the national media but uh, do you know that they are 24 games behind the Dodgers? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. They're not going to be making that up. <laughs> and the so the Giants have eight games coming up against the Padres, um, the Phillies, and the Brewers in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So so again, that's uh, I'll say I said we'll know more after September seventh. I think we'll know more after September eighth because September eighth is a doubleheader against the Brewers, that little squeeze in that, that three game series against the Brewers that got wiped out because of the lockout. They already play one of the games. That's the Jock Peterson game where he was getting razzed by the fans and then hit the bomb and, you know, cross home plate and pointed at them. Um, so, so after September 8th, I think, I think we'll have a better idea exactly of what's going on. All right. That is it from here. We are done. Uh, thank you for listening. If you are a podcast subscriber to the BSPN Podcast Network, we really appreciate it. If you aren't and you want to help us out a little bit, hit that subscribe button and also you know, shoot us a review. Uh, we had uh, a show that just went up earlier today, the Red and Gold Standard podcast. They talked about the 49ers beating the Vikings and all of the camp battles that are left for, uh, for the 49ers. And then on Thursday, Brian and I have sort of finagled Thursday as our recording date. We'll be back with another episode of the Death lineup about the Golden State Warriors. So, yeah, we will be back. Uh, Brad and I will be back next week, though. I have to talk to him about a scheduling thing because I may have something yeah. going on Monday. Yeah. Uh, and so we may have to switch out to an, another day, but we'll let everybody know. But anyway, we're flexible. We're, we're flexible. flexible. We're flexible. Uh, Yes, and uh, so we'll see you next week. For Brad, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.